so our legal staff has done trainings on that specifically for investigators so it's really you know as issues pop up we work together to sort of find you know who's the expert in this and who can we get to train welcome to the podcast pathways to safety bridges from adult protective services to community-based service for adults experiencing abuse, neglect, and exploitation. We come to you with the goal of introducing community partners in Montana who work together to assist victims and survivors of adult experiencing abuse, neglect, and exploitation. My name is Marianne Liu. I am your host today to meeting one of these community partners in Montana. Before we start the episode, a quick disclaimer. This podcast is supported by the Administration for Community Living, the United States Department of Health and Human Services through a 2021 Elder Justice Innovation Grant, with Montana Adult Protective Services being our primary community partner. Grantees carrying out projects under government sponsorship are encouraged to express freely their findings and conclusions. Nonetheless, our findings, conclusions, point of views, or opinions do not necessarily represent the official policy of the federal government. Now, let's join our guest in the conversation. Hello, everyone. Today we have Katie Lovell from the Legal Services Program in the state of Montana. Hello, Katie. Hi, how are you? Good. Could you tell us a little bit about who you are, your professional position, your role with your agency? Sure. So I am the legal service developer for the state of Montana. It's a position funded by the Older Americans Act. And my job is to expand civil legal service in the state of Montana. And I do that by one, we run a statewide hotline that works on civil legal issues for adults who are 60 years of age or older or have a disability. And the other part of what I do is a lot of training and education for both professionals and for citizens in Montana. Great. So with that, could you elaborate a little bit more on, you know, who do you serve, who do you interact with? And we talked about the mission of your agency a little bit already, but anything you want to elaborate on? Sure. Yeah. Our organization serves adults who are 60 years of age and older, and that also includes their family members and caregivers. A lot of times we have, you know, adult children calling in on behalf of their parents, things like that. And then we also serve adults who have a disability. And then we work with tribal members on Indian wills, and we can help anyone who's over the age of 18 on Indian wills. And then we also work with a lot of professionals. So we work with Adult Protective Services and the Ombudsman Program and all of the area agency on aging staff, as well as just general attorneys and paralegals in the legal profession in Montana. Since you mentioned Adult Protective Services, with the project focus looking at adults who experience abuse, neglect, and exploitation, could you tell us a little bit about under what kind of circumstances do you work with dependent adults and older adults who experience abuse, neglect, and exploitation? Sure. And we do that in a couple of different ways. And the first would be through the civil legal hotline. And that can be either the adult themselves calling in or a friend, a family member, a caregiver, a concerned neighbor calling in about 
the abuse, neglect, or exploitation. And usually that starts as a phone call about something else. So, you know, the senior has not paid their rent or they have a debt that's going to collection, something like that, that they have a legal need about. And then as we go through the story with them, we find out that they have some exploitation or abuse and neglect going on in that situation. So that's sort of the first way that they get to us is by calling us directly. The second is they get to us through an aging professional. So they either go into their local area agency on aging and talk to someone, or if they're in a nursing home or an assisted living, maybe they reach out to an ombudsman or they're working with an adult protective services investigator and they have a legal need like revoking a power of attorney or dealing with a consumer finance issue and they get referred to us to help with that part of the legal issue of elder exploitation, abuse, and neglect. Mm. And you mentioned that you work with Adult Protective Services just a few minutes ago. So how do you work with Adult Protective Services? For example, under what circumstances do you get referrals from them and do you refer clients to them? Yeah, it's definitely a two-way street for us. We definitely will refer anyone that comes to our program first that is having an abuse, neglect, or exploitation situation happening to them. So we refer those cases to Adult Protective Services. And then Adult Protective Service investigators will reach out to us if the client has a civil legal need. And that can be they're dealing with a landlord-tenant situation, or they bought a car and maybe a shady dealership and they need to know about car loans or they need to do estate planning or redo estate planning because their current estate planning is being used to exploit them. So we certainly work with them that way. And then we do a lot of cross training with adult protective services as well. So we do a lot of training on all sorts of civil legal issues and really just aging issues in general through our program. And so adult protective service investigators attend a lot of those training. And then we work together to produce training for not only legal professionals, but nurses and social workers, as well as just general members of the public that goes along with our legal clinics that happen around the state throughout the year. And adult protective service staff always present those trainings. So it's a really great relationship. That is fascinating. I remember in our previous discussions, you mentioned the cross-training component between legal services and APS being very useful. So it sounds like there are different kinds of trainings that you partner together in offering Is that how it goes? And, you know, kind of could you speak to why it is important to do these cross trainings and what makes them useful? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, there are a lot of different issues that we've done training on. For example, you know, we had a client that was having a mental health issue and our staff were really looking for ways that we could have better dealt with those conversations to better serve the client. So we reached out to Adult Protective Services to get some training from their staff. It's not something that my staff hadn't had access to before that. So Adult Protective Services was really willing to step up and help that. And then Adult Protective Service investigators deal a lot with powers of attorney and the difference between those and guardianship. So our legal staff have done trainings on that specifically for investigators. So it's really, you know, as issues pop up, we work together to sort of find, you know, who's the expert in this and who can we get to train. And then we also work together to produce trainings for outside groups. So for the grant that we have through the Montana Board of Crime Control, Adult Protective Services helps produce that training and then put it on around the state. And then our program just does a lot of different trainings, things like how to deal with caregivers and stuff on Alzheimer's and dementia. And so investigators can pop in and out of those trainings or watch the recorded trainings as they come into those issues. Fascinating. And you also mentioned a couple other 
community partners who you also collaborate. So in addition to Adult Protective Services, could you tell us a little bit more about those partners who also, you know, help adults experiencing abuse, neglect, and exploitation? And how do you work with them? Yeah, I would say two of our main partners would be the Ombudsman Program. And in Montana, the Ombudsman Program are advocates that work in assisted living facilities and nursing homes to work with residents to address their concerns. And that some of those are legal. Some of those are, you know, from everything about the food to living conditions to residents' rights. And we work with the Ombudsman Program to help with those legal issues. Sometimes people have questions about estate planning or, you know, debt collection or contract so we work with the ombudsman program a lot through that and we do training with them as well and then the other major partner is the staff that works at the area agencies on aging and in montana there are 10 area agencies on aging and so we work with their staff year-round both to provide training and as a referral source for them and then we often refer folks back to their area agency on aging if they need more advocacy work or really just a resource in their community, someplace that they can go for Meals on Wheels or transportation services, or even just some community. So we refer people back and forth to area agencies as well. I see. So with all these collaborations ongoing, do you have any particular like success stories that you might be able to share with us? Sure, absolutely. I asked my staff this question because so much of what we do is really sad and really hard, especially when we work with Adult Protective Services. You know, not a lot of people come to us because they're having a really good time. So, but we had two recent success stories with working with Adult Protective Services. And the first was a veteran that was homebound and we were able to go to his home and complete some estate planning documents, which allowed him to have a support person there who could help him get into a safer living condition and help him get out of his home where he couldn't receive the services that he needed. So that was a really wonderful experience. It was nice to get to meet with him in person and then definitely help him get out of a situation that was just really not safe for him. And then the second one happened where a client came to us that believed that they owned some property and this ownership of the property was keeping them from being able to access benefits because it was a resource that they needed to deal with. And we were able to help them research the ownership of the property to find out that they didn't actually have any ownership interest in the property, which then allowed them to access benefits and move into a much safer living conditions as well. So two great cases referred to us by Adult Protective Services that we were really able to do some really great legal work on. And our staff was able to work with APS staff to get them in much safer conditions moving forward, which are two wins. And we don't get wins all that often. So it's great to get a win. That is really heartwarming to hear. And the next question is, you know, kind of trying to address what are some of the challenges? Because I think our listeners might not really realize some of the complexities when it comes to legal issues. So what are some of the challenges that your agency experienced in serving this population? Sure. And I think this is true, you know, of us and then of all of the other agencies working in Montana. Montana is a huge state. It's the fourth largest state in the country. And we have a very spread out population. We have just around 1 million people in all of that area. So it is really hard sometimes to get services to folks. There are communities in Montana that have maybe only a few hundred people. So there isn't going to be the in-home care. There's not the public transportation. There are communities without a lot of access to health care or even really grocery stores. So it can be really difficult for seniors to age in place in those communities. 
and it puts a lot of reliance on the few service providers that you do have. And so if those service providers are less than honest, it can be a really bad situation for a lot of folks. So that's one of, I think, one of the main issues that we confront in Montana is getting folks to be able to access resources or assistance. You know, it can be over 100 miles to the nearest courthouse. It can be 200 miles to the nearest doctor's office. It can be very difficult for folks to be able to access the care that they need. And that's true of legal. It's true of, you know, any type of support services that you're looking for in the community. And I think it also increases the isolation that our older Montanans are feeling. And isolation can really cause, you know, so many issues from self-neglect to declining cognition. It can also just really increase the likelihood that someone's going to be exploited. What we found in working with older Montanans is that a lot of the folks that we see that are being exploited know that they're being exploited, but no one else calls them or sends them mail. And so they continue that exploitive relationship just because they have no other people that are calling or emailing or texting them. And it's nice to just have someone checking in on them. And so isolation is another huge barrier that we face in Montana, I think even more so than some of your more urban areas. I see. Well, that is really sad to hear. When it comes to these type of exploitation cases, is it only about like family members doing these kind of deeds or are we also talking about like scammers taking the advantage? Yeah, you're definitely seeing both. In the overwhelming majority of cases that we see are a family member or a caregiver, someone who's close to the victim who knows them personally. But there is certainly a lot of scams going around. One that's definitely on the rise is the love interest scam. So someone on the internet who contacts the victim and purports to be a romantic partner and then exploits the older individual. Those are becoming more common as more seniors access technology on a regular basis. And certainly the romance scams are pretty lengthy. They're harder to get folks to end those relationships. And the loss can be quite high in those situations because that relationship tends to last longer than, you know, a scam phone call or something like that. But we're definitely seeing both in Montana with the majority being the family or caregiver exploitation cases. I see. Thank you so much, Katie. It sounds like, you know, your agency provides a lot of the legal assistance and services in the civil cases. Do you also work on like criminal cases or how would our listeners get help when it comes to, you know, legal criminal cases? Sure. So we don't assist on criminal cases, but Adult Protective Services does a lot of investigation around, you know, the fraud and exploitation that's happening in the community and they can refer those to prosecution. Obviously, folks should also contact law enforcement. And then Montana just got a really great new prosecutor out of the Department of Justice. His name is Mike Fanning. And his office is going to be looking at prosecuting more cases of elder exploitation, abuse, and neglect. So we've been able to pass on some cases to him that there was certainly a criminal component happening. And I hope that his office has success in really prosecuting some more of those elder fraud crimes here in Montana. That's fantastic to hear. Mike is also one of our podcast guests. So he's wonderful. He is. Thank you so much, Katie, for being on the podcast today. We're very happy to hear from you and, you know, all the insights that you're able to provide us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. We hope you found it useful. 
This podcast was produced by Studio K Productions. Our podcast logo was designed by Meng Yuwen. We welcome your feedback. Please visit elderjustice.acl.gov to leave a comment at the bottom of the web page's contact us section.